Hello, Leah. Welcome. Um, Leah is an attorney in Arizona, and she helps families with their estate planning and wills. And I thought maybe, Leah, first of all, you could tell us what happens if a family doesn't have a will and doesn't have any particular plans. And so, both parents die. So um, a lot of times I'll speak specifically about Arizona because it is state specific and Arizona is a community property state. Um, but the general concepts apply to anywhere. So if you are married and have your house in like joint tenancy with right of survivorship or community property with right of survivorship, not much changes. You really should get the paperwork done. So everything gets into the surviving spouse's name. If you have any bank accounts that are only in that one spouse's name, that you could have trouble getting into those. I just had a call with a woman. Her husband died seven or nine months ago and there's still business accounts that she can't get into because she wasn't on them. Um, the thing that for me is the most important reason to plan is if both parents pass. So if both parents pass, that's when you're going to need guardians lined up. If you don't have, you don't have a will, don't have a plan, everything's going to have to go through probate, um, which is the court system for either offici or officiating the will. That's not the word. Making sure mm -hmm. the will is official. Or if there's no will, going through the state statutes of what happens when. So I did do a call with a CPS um, agent in my city, and she said that they will try their best to find next of kin if they can. If somebody 18 or over is in the home, even if it's a sibling, they'll let them stay with them for the time being. Mm -hmm. But actual guardianship is going to have to go through the courts. And so the probate process is 12 to 18 months. Um, again, in Arizona, if, a if there's a house to be sold, it can't be sold for at least six months. So if there's not a way to make those mortgage payments, that house could go into foreclosure. I had a poor gentleman call me and his wife was terminal for a year. The house was in her name. He wasn't making payments. So right around the time she died, he got notices of foreclosure. And so, and they wouldn't even talk to him because he wasn't on anything. Wow. So, um, it can be as simple as you do, you file some paperwork, everything transfers, no big deal to, it could be several years of court battles of not having access to your money. If um, you're a spouse that lets one spouse take care of everything in my family, I'm the one that does everything. So it's very important for me to have everything planned out and accessible so that my husband knows where to go if I'm unable to do it, whether I have passed or even if I'm in a coma. Right. I mean, having babies, things can happen. And yeah. so I don't want him to not be able to pay the bills, not have access to all those things. So it's important that we have that plan. And then also a um, health plan, like how do I want to be treated for how long? Mm -hmm. um, that's part of a comprehensive plan. A lot of times you can go online, you're going to will, or you can get a trust, but it's not going to be everything. And you're not going to be getting guidance from an attorney. 
So I actually did answer mm-hmm. phones for legal zoom for a couple months before my last baby. And it's just, um, drop down menus. And so yeah. you can have access to an attorney for a couple, um, uh, I don't know, 10, $15 a month, maybe mm-hmm. more <laughs> with legal zoom, mm-hmm. but then you only get a 30 minute phone call and it's not always the same attorney. So right. a gentleman called, he had kids. I was like, oh, well, if you have kids, you should really have a trust because you can't leave money to minors. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't know that. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, <clears throat> estate planning, unfortunately, is geared to older people who have mm-hmm. adult children. Right. So the attorneys are like, yeah, you could just put everything through transfer of death or just do it all through the bank account or just do it all through life insurance. But once you try to leave money to a minor child, it's going to go through the court system. And they take a chunk of it, right? Well, yeah. So there's going to be court fees and attorney's fees. Mm -hmm. And so the more complicated it is, the longer it's going to take, the more money it's going to take. So if you, just trying to play this out, say I had like $500,000 of life insurance. I've got my five kids and I... In the life insurance policy, it says that it should go to them, but there's, but they're all minors, right? Right. So um, the court would then have to name a guardian and then set up some kind of, there's probably some kind of standard way that the money is accessed on a certain timeline or something like that. Yeah. So the, a guardian would be to take care of your children. Mm -hmm. Conservatorship would be to take care of the money. Okay. And so the conservators, if they're um, professional conservators, they can charge like $140 an hour to manage everything. So a large portion of the money is going to be going to that as well, instead of to your children and their education or whatever else you want it to do. Wow. So in that situation, what I recommend is definitely name your husband or spouses reciprocal as first beneficiary but then name a trust, a second beneficiary and put the money in the trust. And then whoever you pick as successor trustee, they have to follow what you put in the trust. This is what right. I want them to used for. But they're not getting $140 an hour for just following my directions, basically. Um, they can get reasonable compensation. Yeah. So if, but I find if it's a family member, a trusted friend, they're not going to, insist on getting money um right but there are yeah there are provisions that they can i mean if it becomes too much or you know they right. they need something to help them because it's taking away from a job there are provisions for reasonable compensation but for the most part like if it's a trusted friend then there's probably not going to be extra and there's going to be they they end up being a fiduciary so there's that level of they need to do what's best with the money And then if you're writing out the trust, you're going to say, well, this is what I want. These are the ages I want the kids to have it. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is a lot of parents are realizing if I die and my kids are in their 20s, I don't want them getting $100,000 at 25. So I want the trust to continue either indefinitely. So that would be called like a children's trust. Mm-hmm. So just so the just trust dividends get, for the rest of their life kind of thing yes yeah so the trust you get today is called a revocable living trust mm-hmm. you're alive it can you can revoke it take things in and out as much as you want and then at death everything can be distributed or another trust can be made or 
Mm-hmm. Rather, you made that trust. And so the money goes into a new trust. And there's still that trustee that will make sure that the kids aren't spending it frivolously, aren't mm-hmm. getting a huge lump sum, like mm-hmm. money's going to tuition or down payment, not just a stipend every month or right. however, however it's set up. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. So yeah, I did, it hadn't really occurred to me, but it just does sound reasonable that even at an older age, you'd want to parse it out and then let them know. So either they know they can get a lump sum to help with the down payment of a house, or they know there is no lump sum coming. You're going to get a thousand dollars, you know, every six months for the rest of your life, but don't count, you know, don't make your plans around that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can stipulate how you want it. So the best thing about a, tr- a will guarantees probate. <laughs> so you have to go to probate court to make sure that the will is real. That's the judge's job. That's what probate court is for. Um, and then the, and you don't get any choices. They get their disbursement. That's how it is. The mm-hmm. other problem with the will and going through court is it's all public. So mm-hmm. if you have five kids, they're getting $500,000, that's going to be public record. And there are people who keep their eye on that. Really? To, Just yeah. Just through some I am. Huh? This just proves how naive I am. Oh, no. <laughs> don't get that. I didn't even consider that. Like when I went through law school, took trust in estates, we learned if you have a house, you need a trust. So we learned all the other ways you can get around probate. But if you have a house, it's going to go through probate unless it's in a trust. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the fact that that would be public record. People come out of the woodwork. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. That's interesting. Okay. So then... If there was a a will and I had kids, five kids under 18, and the money's th- theoretically distributed evenly, it's public information, mm-hmm. the younger kids would just have their 100,000-ish chunk in a, an account somewhere until they turn 18? Like, what would happen? Or is that... So the courts would keep an eye on it. Um, okay. They would appoint somebody, whether it's somebody you know or like maybe the executor, whoever you appoint mm-hmm. as your executor, personal representative, that's the word interchangeably. Um, but yeah, it would be kept in a, in a trust account. It's just a different kind of trust account at that it, point. It, it'd be just set up according to their parameters, kind of some default. Yeah, according to the church, church, sorry, <laughs> the court's parameters. Okay. And then at 18, they would get it all. Whatever's All at once. Oh, so then yeah. they could just blow it. I see. Yes. I see. Okay. Um, so the very, very most basic level would be you write out, you download a, a, a will form. This probably makes you crazy, but it's better than nothing. If you download a will form, print it out, sign it, like videotape yourself signing it or something, right? So it's like, can show that you really did it or you get it notarized or both. So Arizona... If you're going to do, because you said a, a true DIY is yeah. going to be handwritten or it's going to be holographic is what it's called. A holographic will is a will somebody just wrote out on paper. In order to be valid, it all has to be in your handwriting. Every word of it, not, not yes. like a fill in the blank. Okay, good, no. to know. good to know. But what is available now through legal forms, legal Zoom, all those things, yeah. you're going to do drop down menus 
And then, yes, you're going to have to take it to a notary and get it witnessed by two people. So, no. Two witnesses and a notary or just two witnesses. So, when I do it with clients, I do two witnesses and a notary mm-hmm. because then the notary makes it the self-proving paperwork. Mm-hmm. But the two witnesses are required for wills no matter what. Okay. So, they have to watch you write it out and sign it. Like I'd have to invite some friends over, but then, so then it would be their legal word on it. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I wouldn't need to like videotape it, even though that'd be very easy to do or like. It's not currently required. They just, they have to be able to see you signing it. Because again, in law school, we do all these hypos. So it's like, what if I'm in the corner? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) As long as they're in your eyesight, you can like, that's valid. Okay. So, and actually if you, uh, peruse the news and celebrities you hear about weird stuff like this happening like i think it was tom petty somebody made a deathbed will and took out all sorts of people and so of course yeah. right i don't know so it went like, through the there's court a system dickens novel. there's dickens this isn't like dickens novels right people make <laughs> these deathbed wills and nobody sees it but it is their handwriting and they found it under their pillows so it's like i guess it's legit and but yeah. so that would yeah. go through court and it still happens today so yeah, the bare minimum, I would recommend uh, Wills and Trusts. It's a company that founded like either during or right before COVID. And it just walks you through everything a little bit more closely than LegalZoom. LegalZoom, I actually talked to the founder of that and he does big probate cases for very wealthy mm-hmm. family where lots of money is at stake. And mm-hmm. he did form LegalZoom wanting to help more people because he knows Mm -hmm. a lot of people are intimidated by lawyers. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted them to be able to do something more than a holographic will, but Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still a computer program. It's not going to be able to assess your situation. Right. You guide and see what's important to you. Maybe people don't care if their kids get all that money at 18. So that's okay with them. Um, but then other people who do, so they're going to want that children's trust. So they're not just going to want the basic mm, yeah. uh, revocable living. They're going to want to step above that. And they're not, it's not really going to ask you those questions, find out what's important to you. It's very, like I had one guy call mm-hmm. up and he was upset because being a computer program, it's this is required and this is required. And he didn't want to do the first thing that was required. Mm-hmm. He's like, can't I just do this? Like this mm-hmm. one, I said, well, no, because that's how the program's set up. Yeah. You can work with a lawyer. And then I told him my fees. He's like, oh, no, no, I couldn't do that. I was like, well, you go to legal help. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, I have been talking with my husband about this for years. Mm-hmm. And my friend, who's the smartest about money, set up a trust basically as soon as they bought their house. Yeah. And um, named named the people to take care of her kids and how she wanted them care exactly all the details Mm -hmm. very thoroughly. Um, But my, my husband really kind of resisted and he wanted to do, do it all the way well or do nothing. And I said, well, I think we should at least pick who would take the kids. And interestingly, in our case, we have lots of nice relatives, right? Mm -hmm. There's two different sets of nice relatives in town. And so ultimately it would just come down to family style or yes. whoever feels more willing at the moment, but also 
it's like, well, whoever takes the kids, they should get our house because they both have small houses and they would get a mm. piece of property if they took our, if they got our house. But then it would be terrible to leave them to decide, right? And we should mm-hmm. make a decision. Um, but then you think, of course, beyond the grave, you don't care about hurting people's feelings. But when you're alive, you do. Right. And I guess we should just talk to both of them. But everybody's still so young, it feels like a very awkward conversation, right? I mean, everybody yeah. feels like they're in the prime of their life including my husband who doesn't worry about these things very much. Um, even when I'm talking about life insurance, I was like, could you raise your life insurance? So it would definitely be easy for me to keep the house. And he's like, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, uh, these are, these are uh, challenging conversations to have. So would you, do you have any advice um, other than just reading horror stories um, for people <laughs> motivate themselves about I don't recommend horror stories because <laughs> it like freaks you out yeah um, but unfortunately those are like what could happen this could yeah happen. yeah um as far as like you have several people i do recommend naming um like this is our for- first choice second choice in case anything happens to them because right. like yes in our life or our age we're gonna die by accidents mm-hmm. if they're good friends you could be in that accident together that's and true that's true we want to travel together yeah yeah so you want to do at least three first second and third choices okay that is a good i did not think about the vacation death aspect because i always imagine like me and my husband going off for like finally getting off for a romantic weekend and something tragic happens. Right. But it really realistically, it could be with any number of our favorite people that we would be traveling. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, is there any chance that even with nice relatives, our kids could end up in like the CPS system just because our relatives don't appear to have a big enough house or they aren't finger like is there other hurdles that the relatives have to go through so on the guardians you do name guardians it is Mm -hmm. gonna have to go through the courts like that's one thing you can't avoid going through the courts to but that's not probate court that's juvenile court to get Mm -hmm. them named legal guardians okay um but if you so really the the judge is just gonna have to verify that they're okay you have life insurance. And that's the most important thing. A lot of people are like, oh, well, this person can afford to raise my kids. I'm like, no, no, you need life insurance. <laughs> they should not have to afford <laughs> you to provide for your child. So money shouldn't be a factor. Um, I don't, you know, that's a good question. Because so, well, yeah, I'm just kind of wondering the logistics on the ground. They would be like a home visit. They make sure they don't have any felonies. And they're like, okay, you'd like, we'll just do the will as indicated. But would there be some moment where somebody goes in and confirms that this really is an okay person to take your kid? Or does it just kind of happen? I mean, of course, on the ground, you just, they'd already be there at their house, right? But right. to make it official, would there probably be somebody coming in and just kind of confirming that they're normal people? That's a really good question that I'm going to have to look into. Okay. (laughs) Because one of the other reasons that you want to do at the bare minimum, a will is because if you go, if everything goes through the court system without a will, so that's called intestate, the court requires a bond. 
for that person to, so put up money to mm-hmm. prove they're not going to try to run off with everything. Mm. But if you write a will, you can waive that bond. Mm. Okay. So I do not know. And I'll have to yeah. talk to um, some of my attorney friends that do probate and, or the juvenile or the guardianship and ask them, what does the court do to check to make sure that it's okay? Yeah. Because um, on the, the legal system does not check to make sure you pick a good POA, power of attorney. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that in a lot of lawyer threads about, well, they look like they have capacity, but they're choosing this awful person unfortunately we can't protect them from that. Wow. But yes. when it comes to children, I'm sure there's an interview process. Yeah. I haven't dealt with that side of it. So that's something I'll yeah. have to. Well, what I think of is, you know, we have a kind of big family and our, the people we would designate also have big families. They don't mm-hmm. have enough room in their house to foster. Like there's all oh, these requirements okay. about bedrooms and, you know, I don't know if any of those same requirements come into play with saying, oh, this kid isn't getting think CPS is involved. Okay. I think it's okay. more of an interview. Okay. Just, uh, like, just a, let's make sure you're not going to take the money and run. Kind yeah. Of like, did you know they picked you? Right. Right. Are you okay with this? I mean, honestly, what we just watched a movie, excuse me. And the, the, her dad was a widower. <laughs> he died and he picked his estranged brother hmm. and so the social worker called him and was like you're who he picked or you're yeah you're who he picked if you don't do this she will go to cps mm-hmm. so he took them so technically you don't even have to tell the guardians they do have right of refusal right surprise yeah that's why i recommend not only getting all this written out but talking to the people before or after yeah um, like making sure it's okay Cause my mom did that. She picked one of my older siblings to be first choice of trustee. Mm-hmm. And this is when I was in law school. Excuse me. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to do it. So now <laughs> I, we had this conversation with my parents where I said, you know, I'll make the, I'm happy to make medical decisions. And, um, like, that's where I feel really informed. But I told my mom up front, I will not keep your house. I will not make it a priority to keep the house. I'm very happy in California. I will sell your house. If it's left up to me and there's the house isn't paid for somehow by what, by what you're leaving, then um, I'm going to move the, my dependent brothers that live with them and have disabilities to California where they will be very happy with our love. But she wanted more of a premium put on keeping the same location and keeping that stability for them. And they feel very yeah. invested. They put a lot of work in the house, not that they care after they're dead, but that's how they feel right. about it now. And so she named my youngest brother, who's very mm-hmm. capable, but also very invested in that locale. And okay. I guess they would just pay for somebody to live with the kind of disabled siblings um, or pay, or the house would be paid and my brother could live he wouldn't have to work as much or what, you know, I think they have it right. set up like that. Um, but so in that case, they probably want a special needs trust. Yeah. I think that's what they do have because okay. Wilson is definitely special needs. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I know they did it with an attorney and they have, um, Oh, the, the whole medical, I don't know, the different medical forms. And yeah. So there's the healthcare directive or medical yeah. power of attorney. And then there's living will, which is end of life care. 
Mm-hmm. Would you just want comfort care? Do you want us to pull out all the stops and do everything we can to save you? And then everything in between. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think my parents said they, they didn't sign a DNR because there are situations where and a person can have an acute illness and they do need to be resuscitated, but then they'll go on to live for several more years and have, you know, relatively uneventful health. So you can get pneumonia, you know, that causes cardiac arrest and that's totally survivable. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure they don't want us to pull out the stops. Either one of them. <laughs> I can go look at the Another details, thing but. people don't think about um, for estate planning is their funeral preparations. Mm-hmm. So there was a recent Supreme Court, went up to the state Supreme Court where I live 30-year-old man died, accident. His parents were divorced and were fighting over whether to cremate or bury him. Mm. And so the mom was very attached to burying him from some memory when he was a kid. And everyone else was like, no. And he wasn't married. So the wife, there was no, there was a significant other and a child, but she legally didn't have any standing because she wasn't legally. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So it was interesting to me because the way I was taught to do estate planning is you do everything. You do the will, you do the trust, you do the power Mm -hmm. of attorney, all the healthcare stuff and the funeral stuff. The lawyers leading this group were like, and so you might want to check with your clients and make sure they sign. Cause it's just a, it's, it's a form. You can either appoint just an agent. So say, I don't care what they do, but they get to decide, or you can say, these are all the things I want them to do. Okay. And so it was very surprising to me, but they were probate attorneys. <laughs> so they're used to worst case scenario. Yeah. That that's the least of the problems in probate is how the right. it's our, it's all ancient history by the time they see it. So mm-hmm. yeah, we so, had, a, yeah. yeah, we had a lady die here last year and you know, the husband had not been working for a time before she died because he was caring for her and mm-hmm. they, she was dying under 40 so they'd never gotten oh, wow. life they were free spirits and then oh, of course once her health situation kind of started to deteriorate they weren't going to be able to get life insurance and so it ended up being a kind of a gofundme thing for the funeral which is very sweet but of course they should have just had life insurance and mm-hmm. it was kind of shocking to me because my parents were so insistent when i was even in my 20s they said come on you've got to take care of this this is what it means to be an adult um that's good <laughs> but I mean, a funeral, even a really basic one is 20 or 30,000, right? Maybe up to 50. Wow. Yeah. Well, I they raised the GoFundMe builders for our kids, but that's a child funeral. So, yeah. Like this is an adult funeral, and the GoFundMe goal was 20. Oh, wow. And I think they went past that, but I, I think that's kind of the baseline cost of these things. So, yeah. If you're over 18, you really should have at the bare minimum a will. Even if it's just to say, I want my mom or dad or best friend to take care of my affairs. Mm-hmm. And then if you own a house, cause there was a, my friend sells life insurance and this guy was single. He was in his thirties, didn't have anything, even life insurance. And so the house foreclosed before his dad could get everything through probate because wow. life insurance will pay out right away. Yes. Whatever it is. I see. Okay. And so so the dad had to deal with all the court co- costs and then still wasn't able to save the house. Wow. Wow. Okay. 
Well, this is making me think I need to call back up my life insurance policy and change some things because now my oldest is 18. So legally, she would be able to make those decisions. And I yes. don't think I've talked to them since, you know, she's been that age. And yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And if you don't name somebody, if both, if both you and your husband pass, she would be, if she's in the house, easiest for temporary but mm-hmm. because if you don't have the will and everything, they would probably go through the process to make sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. But that would yeah. be not that that would be her so. first pick either, right? She'd probably yeah. rather the siblings went to live with the cousins, but yes. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. at that age. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else you think maybe people should be thinking about that that I didn't think to ask? Oh man. I think I interjected most things. Um, I have been having the question lately, like, what should I have prepared? If I'm not ready to talk to an attorney yet, but I want to make sure all this stuff is together. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that all of your bank account information is in one spot, whether that's on a password protected file on your computer or a piece of paper in your safe. So you'd want to do bank accounts, um, mortgage information, and then either have something like LastPass to keep mm-hmm. track of all of your, your passwords. And that way you only have to write down the one password or just write down all the passwords. Mm-hmm. That way people are able to at least know what you have. Mm-hmm. Because um, a gentleman started a program that I'm going to be including with my estate plans. And it took him seven to nine months to find everything that his dad had because it was all over yeah. the city. Yeah. Like safe deposit box, just random stuff. People put wow. things in weird places. So I would at the bear to get started, to get thinking about it, think about people, you'd be okay taking your kids. Yeah. Cause we don't want anyone else raising our kids, but we don't want foster. We don't want them in the foster system either. Right. If we can help it. So a list of that, start talking to them and then a list of all your accounts. So you know okay. what you have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's stuff I've even forgotten for my own, just my own thing. So this will be a good exercise for me to think through this and yeah. And then at the beginning of the year is a great time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you've got a seminar tomorrow, probably by the time this podcast is up, we'll, you'll have another one that's scheduled and where can people find you? Do you have a website? I have a website. So www.dingotlaw.com. Two T's? Two T's. Yes. So D-I-N-G-O-T-T-L-A-W.com. And then I'm also on Instagram as dingot underscore law. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was fun to talk to you about not a fun subject. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.